0: Here we go. So this is a really good one. I'm excited. One of the big sort of cosmic realizations I had during this year um, has to do with this story. And this story is one about oneness and um, sort of uniformity and... um, everything bound into a singularity, right? Versus uh, a place where there's diversity and difference and a plethora of different experiences and ways of being, right? And in the oneness is a place where there is less uh, conversation happening. There's less room for conversation. In fact, there's no need for it. versus the experience of diversity where there gets to be the relational aspects of, um, like for example, beauty right, comes from diversity because we can compare, there's this and there's this and I can see that this is beautiful. Love comes from the relational aspect of their being duality, of their being too. Like I am me and I have the capacity then to love you. And there's the sweetness and the nectar there in that space between us and i realized it's such an interesting thing but that there really are sort of two types of yoga being taught out there right and i feel very firmly rooted these days in and it doesn't mean that i haven't changed my mind (laughs) or that i won't later but these days in the experience of relationship right of the sweetness of the nectar of there being this and then also this and we see this mirrored in the jewish creation story which i've spoken about in years past where there is the oneness right and then the oneness gets broken apart into a thousand different pieces and that it is then our work right to see that piece of divinity in each other and the sweetness of that work, I think, is just what makes life so gorgeous and beautiful and worth living. And that the oneness almost um, lends its source itself toward a lack of conversation. And also, <laughs> I think more than ever this year, we saw this past year that we saw lean toward there being like it's my way or the highway kind of thinking. Right? And I feel very firmly that we have an opportunity with these teachings to be more at peace with difference and not only at peace with difference, but in the wonder of all the things and all the ways of being and expressions of God and Spirit that are happening here um, in this plane of consciousness. So, no big deal. Welcome. <laughs> So this is a story about um, a game, and it's a dice game. So here's how it begins. There's a sage, and his name is Narada. And Narada is a musician and also a mischief maker. And so right away we know because Narada is a musician that Narada is skilled at the pauses, right, at the making speech space between things, because what is music if not about the pauses? You musicians know this really well. You public speakers out there, you writers out there know this very well. I think Keith Richards talks about it in his biography that it's about the space between the silence and the sound, right? And that there beauty is created, so we see it already with just the entrance of this sage is this beauty between things, right? That the space is what makes it gorgeous. And so Narada, um, this sage, decides to go and visit Shiva. And Shiva's right there um, in the corner with me all the time. And Shiva at this time is up um, on Mount Kailasa and is in relationship with his consort parvrati in a way that is completely unseparated right um, and this you'll see this represented oftentimes in pictures or other kinds of stories but there's Shiva on one side on the right side um, and then parvrati or shakti on the other side and that they are completely entangled with one another Right? So there's enough, enough conversation going on that there is the aspects of the divine masculine and then also the divine feminine, but they're enmeshed, right? They're enmeshed, and that on this horizontal plane, that there actually is no difference. Um, so there are beautiful, mischievous musicians, Sage, sage barges, right, barges right up, doesn't get stopped by the guards goes right in to the inner sanctum, to the bedroom of Shiva and in in, um, Parvati in this expression of oneness and sort of like catches them in the cosmic conversation so to speak, right? And in a mischievous sort of way, which is like hmm, I wonder what will happen Narada says hey you guys, do you want to play a game of dice, right? And right away with this entrance of the dice um, there's this beautiful teaching about you're going to throw it out there and you don't know when you're going to get right that there's multiple sides to see there's multiple ways of being there's lots of expressions of creation of the game that happen when you throw the dice and shiva right away the shiva side of this enmeshment says oh well Dice is even better than sex than what we're doing, right? Than this cosmic embrace that we're having, because there's so many different expressions of it. And Parvati says, yeah, but how do you know it's not going to lead us towards some sort of um, undoing, right? Because it's gambling and it might play on our passions in a way that is not um, fitting of us. And so there's the, again, already just by asking the question, right, would you like to play the game, there starts to be more of a conversation. And so Parvati says, well, how do you play the game? And the musician kind of demures and is like, mm, I don't know. And Parvati actually then takes the dice from him and starts to throw the dice. And so what is happening there is that she actually already knows how to play the game, right? She knows that there is something more to the her, the expression of herself, um, that she is just as real, separate, right, from Shiva as she is enmeshed with him, right? That there's something there. And the mischief has already happened because as soon as they start to throw the dice, there's been, a, there's been a separation of the two, and Shiva's across the table from, table from Parvati, and they are now not one, but they are two, and they are playing the game together. Got it? Isn't it? Be- it's like so beautiful. Can barely handle it. And so they play, and Shiva wins the first game, and everyone's like, "Well, of course." You know, everyone's watching in the universe, you know, very intent, like, "Oh." Well, the divine energies are playing a game, and now there's there have there's this conversation that's happening between them, and Shiva um, himself is like, "Of course I won, absolutely I won. Like this is uh this is just what I do. I am absolute attention and focus. There's no way I wouldn't win, you know." Uh, and Parvati is just kind of like sitting there, hmm. and Shiva. In his expression of his like oneness and his focus and his absoluteness and his unity starts to throw everything out into the pot. Like the moon on his forehead, um, his snake around his arm, his jewels, his beads, like everything. He starts to throw it in the pot because the assumption is, is that he will win, right? That it will always, the win will always go back to oneness. Um, And... Parvrati is already beginning to understand that there is something here in the game where she is here and he is there. And she has this secret power that she hasn't necessarily unleashed, but that she's beginning to understand as an expression of herself, and it is one of charm, right? Um, And so Narada, the musician, is like, okay, well, you're going to play again then. And Parvrati looks across the table at Shiva and is like, do you wanna play, right? And that very charming way. And he's like, of course. And so the rules of the game this time get a little bit changed to make it more challenging and they start playing a game um, where uh, the the goal is to have your opponent be left with with an extra piece and that um, you get rid of all of your pieces and your opponent lands with the extra piece and that that's the person who loses. right? So they're playing, I don't know what game it is, but this is the game they're playing where there's 24 pieces on the board, 24 spaces for the pieces, and then the 25th piece gets handed. It's called, I think, Game of Sevens or something is how I learned it. Um, and so she... <laughs> she and all of her charm, they start to play and they're playing and she starts to turn up this like magnetic energy of creation that she has, right? Her own internal brilliance and her understanding that the many is just as divine and wonderful and gorgeous and beautiful as the one. And he looks across the table at her and she has it turned up so powerfully And she's just shining and radiant and gorgeous. And he sees this aspect essentially of himself, right? And sighs. And he says, he sighs like this. He says on the inhale, ooh. And then ma, which becomes one of the names for her, uma, right? One of the names for the goddess, uma. And um, it's just, he's like overcome, and you guys know how this feels, right? When you, we see this um, with each other all the time. When you look at your child when they're first waking up in the morning or your dog, I've been like obsessed with my dog, <laughs> like, my dog. And you. there's just this sense of like, Ooh, Ma, this like, Oh my God, I can't even believe you exist. It's so beautiful. You see a tree that you love, a flower that you love, some expression of spirit and divinity and God in this world and you become odd, right? The first time you've seen any national park, probably in the United States, um, I always have had that feeling where you think it's not going to be that great. And then you stand there and you're crying and you're like holding your heart. And you're like, I can't believe that this exists, right? And that's the feeling that he had toward her at that moment. And she ends up winning. Right? Because she churned up the charm and then he's sort of distracted by her wonderfulness and his focus becomes fractured and broken because of awe, because of wonder. Right, So it becomes this different expression of him <laughs> um, that he hasn't experienced before. And he also, so then he ends up with this extra piece, right, something more than just himself, an extra something. Um And so now he's going, he has this extra piece, and he's like, "What do I do with it?" And he's like kind of pissed and realizes that he got distracted. And she's laughing, and Narada, the music maker, is laughing because he realizes he has succeeded, right, in creating the music of the universe. And it's said that the universe is working the way that it is, in its full expression and all its beautiful expressions of difference. Because Shiva still to this day is sighing the inhale, the ooh, and then the exhale, the ma, and that that is the breath of the universe, right? When he saw her charm, Um, the inhale, the taking in, but then you can't keep it in forever. You have to let it go. So in our very breath, there is built in this duality, this difference, we can't stay in the oneness of the inhale, we can't stay in the oneness of the exhale, it has to move, it has to change, and that there is beauty and life in the changing, right, in the way that the dice is thrown, There's so many different expressions. And so he's left with this extra piece, this something more with of himself, which um, the way that I was taught this. then is an extra piece that we start to see again and again in the stories, right? There's something more than just the oneness, that there's beauty in the fracturing, that there's beauty in the breaking apart. Um, And like that Jewish creation, myth, there's beauty in the breaking apart because then we get to see it in each other and go, oh, you know, and be wowed at the magnificence of creation. So she, this is the cool part, my friends, um, is that then they go their separate ways. And as they're leaving, Parvati says, Hey, don't forget that extra piece, you know, cause that's really, she's saying like, that's me. Like I'm the extra piece and I'm this like cool expression of you now that there's more than just you. And there's more than just me. There's extra now there's more. And they go off their separate ways. And then the, they're a little bit all kind of like. You would in an argument with someone where they're like pissed at each other. But then, as soon as they walk away, instantaneously, of course, there's the longing for one another again. Um, and Parvati goes off to a home, right, that she makes. And because she is in this state of longing and sort of loneliness that she's experienced for the first time, because there's never been not this enmeshment, right, that she creates Ganesha. <laughs> who, of course, is the um, deity that we talk about when we talk about thresholds and beginnings and obstacles, right? So the first thing that she creates is um, this expression of the divine, which reminds us that every single expression of the divine is here to wake us up, to help us remember. So that even when we're in a moment where it feels um, dark or we feel lost, it's the moment where we're like oh i feel dark and i feel lost that then becomes the doorway to remembering like our own innate divinity our own expression of creation our own loving goodness and kindness right um and that it's there that the sweetness is it's in the remembering and it's in the forgetting my loves and i love this story so much for about a bazillion different reasons we could probably talk about just the story for the rest of the year um but I love it because I think that homogeny, right? And that oneness lacks the sweetness of the conversation. And that so much could be um, remedied and healed in our world right now, and also within ourselves, within the way in which we experience ourselves, if we are more attuned to that awe and wonder of difference, right, of you being you, and me being me, and the sweetness of the space that exists between us. Um, oh, it just kills me. It just, like literally, it makes me tear up. So, here's what we're gonna do. There is this beautiful uh, Raymond Carver poem, where here, let me like find it really quick for you, friends. I looked it up earlier. Um, So the beginning of it, this is in his sober years, he wrote a lot of poetry and he lived up on the Puget Sound, um, up on the peninsula. And he spent his remaining years there. He did end up dying young, but he wrote beautiful poetry and this is one of the poems. And he writes, I'll take all the time I please this afternoon before leaving my place alongside this river. It pleases me, loving rivers. Loving them all the way back to their source. Loving everything that increases me. Loving everything that increases me. So, what you're going to do, my loves, and do you see that's in this poem even? There's the extra piece in this poem, right? This increasing that happens when Shiva and Parvrati become two. When Parvrati then creates Ganesha, you know? It's just, it's just so beautiful. Loving everything that increases me. So you're going to write that on the top of your paper now. Loving everything that increases me by Raymond Carver. And then on each side of your paper, you're gonna write, I'll write it for you. On one side, you're going to write more. This is a tradition I like to do. I posted mine last night and then I took it down cause I was like, wait, I kinda want it to be a surprise. So you'll have the quote at the top, loving everything that increases me. And then it will look like this. You'll have more on one side and less on the other. And I want us to take just a couple of moments. And on the more side are the things, what increases you? right? What are the things that increase you? And on the less side, even here, we're creating this beautiful relational um, sweetness. Right. that in the relational sweetness, that there doesn't have to be angst, that there doesn't have to be a pushing away. There can be that instead of, you know, Um, so for some examples that I have from mine, more truth, more wisdom, more playing, more road trips, more intuition, more snugs, more surfing. Right? And on the less, less pretending, less perfectionism, less body shame, less working for or out of fear. Right? So just take a moment. I'm gonna give you a moment and uh, write more and less, loving everything that increases you. Good. I'll give you like two minutes. I'm gonna go turn the heat up. I'll be right back. Is it going I'm making it warm in here okay so this is something um my loves that you I would love to see them so tag me at love letters only please <laughs> on the Instagram post them um I'll post mine too and one of the things that I love about this is um when we are together in these ways, which looks different this year, right? Look, look at this, here it is, us experiencing the cosmic dance and all of its diversity even right now. But one of the things that I love about these New Year's classes, my friends, is that we get the opportunity to be able um, to be with one another in a way that is vulnerable, right? Like more vulnerability, less hiding. And so we use the tools at our disposal keep that happening which is in the comments here um, on the Instagram to stay connected to notice that the things maybe are different or similar and that you're not alone and that we're all working um, right on our creative expression of self and love in this life just the same Um, and that it is always a work in progress and that it is changing all the time okay let's do it are you ready to practice Mm-hmm.